Prehistory, 1964-72, kicked open a door to your mind. Till I was 13, the body was presumed dead, and that's how I feel about my whole life up till then. I was just reeling through space and bouncing off the walls and bouncing off people, and I didn't find anything to hold on to or any connection whatsoever until the rock and roll thing and the guitar. And when I found that, the other stuff just didn't matter anymore. Bruce Springsteen, 1978 When Jesus gently chastised his wealthy follower Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, he presumably did not have in mind the same born-again experience which led 13-year-old Bruce Springsteen into apostasy. Here was someone who only found the Spirit when he cast aside the teachings of J.C., previously laid down with an iron hand by a series of matriarchal authority figures, from the nuns at the local convent school he attended prior to high school to the mother who presided over the Springsteen's dilapidated leasehold in Freehold, New Jersey. If Jesus' own take on rebellion failed to lay a seed in Springsteen's mind, the one true religion which by A.D. 325 garbled records of his pithy sayings had spawned wrapped its talons around the boy from the cradle. But not to the grave. Even if its primary message stayed with him until at least 1981, when he told one Belgian interviewer, My Catholic education taught me to have fear. This is a religious experience in which you don't look up to heaven, but to the people around you. A year later he would write My Father's House, the first of several post-therapy compositions to address that time when he lived his whole life in fear. On introducing that song in concert, he struck the same keynote. I remember when I was a kid, first thing I can ever remember being afraid of was the devil. <laughs> I guess my mother was taking me to church and all I heard was about the devil all the time. As he grew older, that fear turned first to shame and then to anger, because, as he sagely put it in his early thirties, when his replacement religion was no longer fulfilling his deepest needs either, that kind of fear is demolishing and shameful. It darkens the spirit of religion. That resentment had already spewed forth in song. Initially, in 1971-72, ones of blasphemous angels and irreverent messiahs, By 1981-82, the themes had become existential terror and endemic faithlessness. For now, it just made him want to vomit. There's this smell of religion, this smell that convents have, well, every time I went there, I got sick. I just threw up. What he perhaps failed to appreciate at the time was that his mother's faith probably provided her only solace in a life without hope and a town without pity. Freehold, New Jersey. And it was there that the young Bruce spent his formative years, at first at his maternal grandparents' house, as his parents scrimped and saved to try and raise enough money to strike out on their own. Bruce, meanwhile, was already developing a fascination with the radio, not the music it broadcast, but the thing itself. As he told a Michigan audience in September 1978, prefacing the unsparing factory. We all lived at my grandparents. It was a house that had the first church service, and it had the first funeral in town in this house. My grandfather, he was an electrician, and he used to fix second-hand radios. And I remember when I was five years old, before we were to leave there, he used to take me with him outside of town in the summer. 
They used to have mining workers, used to come off from the south and work in the fields outside of town. He used to sell them radios. In fact, he had already celebrated his grandfather, Mr. Zarilli, in song. One of the first compositions he presented to Mike Appel when he signed to a production deal in the spring of 1972 was an autobiographical piece called simply Randolph Street. In it, he sought to convey a world through the eyes of a child, one who sees his grandfather as a master of the art of electricity, who lectured on tubes and circuitry. He was self-employed, but he could never see his way into the light. He had a room full of switches and dials, and a head full of clouds and eyes full of sight. If a penchant for imbuing ordinary people with magical powers was thus evident this early, songs of autobiography would not prove to be the way he would find himself.